So we're going to begin today with verse 7, Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 7, talking about today the blood of Jesus and one blood, one sacrifice. There's one Jesus, there's one Christ, there's one Savior, there's one Redeemer, there's one uh, mediator between God and me and the man Christ Jesus. There was one blood that would bring us to God. It is one blood and one sacrifice that made the way for us to come to God through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So we're going to uh, begin in verse 7 today. It says, but into the second, well, let's go to verse 6. Now, when these things were thus ordained, the priest went always into the first tabernacle, accomplishing the service of God. So the priest went into the first tabernacle, accomplishing the service of God. But, verse 7, but into the second went the high priest. So the high priest would go into the second uh, there. It says the high priest would go alone once every year. So the high priest would be the only one that would go into the Holy of Holies. And he would do so once every year. Not without blood, however, which he offered for himself and for the errors of the people. So the high priest would go in offering this blood for, the, for his own sins and for the sins of the people. Now, he did this once every year. And notice he did it alone, which is a type of Jesus. Jesus is the only one who is worthy to take the book and open the seals thereof in the book of Revelation. They couldn't find anyone except Jesus. He's the only one that was worthy to take the book. So there's one Redeemer. There is one Savior. There is one uh, life giver. There is one blood. There is one sacrifice. Jesus was the only one that was able to go into the heavenly holy of holies and offer his blood as a sacrifice for our sins. He didn't do it for his own sins. He did it for our sins. Unlike the high priest in, in that day, they did this not only for the sins or errors of the people, but they did that for themselves as well. Why? Because they had sinned as well as the people. But Jesus was without sin. His being made sin, he was made to be our sin. So he who knew no sin, as we have quoted many times in our recent series on righteousness, uh, he who knew no sin was made to be sin. So Jesus was sinless. He was without sin, but yet he became our sin. So he went into the holy of holies on our behalf and he did so alone. He's the only one. Again, there's one Redeemer, one Savior, one blood, one sacrifice, one way to the Father. Praise God. So he's the only one. Now, this being a type, they went in alone. Let's go to verse uh, 8, please. And the Holy Ghost, this signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest, while as the first tabernacle was yet standing. 
The Holy Ghost letting us know, telling us that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest. So they continued to do the sacrifices year after year because the way into the holiest of all was not yet manifest. So Jesus has not yet died. Jesus has not yet uh, given his life and shed his blood and accessed the Holy of Holies on the behalf of people or humanity. So he says in verse 9, which was a figure for the time, it says, was a figure for the time then present. So it's a type, it's a figure. It says, in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience. In other words, it did not go into his spirit and change his spirit nature. It only covered the sins of the people and did so for one year. So the ones even that were offering the sacrifices and bringing the sacrifice, whether the priest or the high priest, now in whatever they're doing, uh, they're doing that on their own behalf and the behalf of the people. All right, so here the high priest is bringing these sacrifices into the Holy of Holies and the blood of animals, and so now it did not make the comers there into perfect, as it says in chapter 10. So it could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience. So they were still conscious of sin. Why? Because it did not do away with their sin. It covered their sin. So what they're going to have to do is come back next year. And the sacrifices would be made again. Verse 10. Which stood only in meats and drinks and divers washings and carnal ordinances imposed on them until the time of reformation. In other words, they went through all of the uh, commands, all of the rituals. They did it all, but it still did not purge their conscience. So all of our works, all of our religious action, although uh, good things like come to church, read your Bible, pray, meditate on the Word, Bear witness of the gospel. Share the gospel with people. Praise the Lord. All that you do and serving in the house of God, these are wonderful things, but that's not what purges your conscience in the sense of makes you right with God. It's only the blood. There's only one way that your conscience can be purged because you could do all of those things and still not feel or believe you're righteous. So your relationship with God is based on one thing that answered the sin problem, and that is the blood of Jesus. These other things are acts of gratitude that we do for Jesus, uh, simply saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. As the song just said, basically, thank you, Jesus. Uh, you, you saved me. And so uh, now our works or our efforts that we do on the behalf of the kingdom of God and on the behalf of people and in serving God is saying, God, thank you. Thank you for allowing me to serve somebody or serve you and serve 
uh, the kingdom of God and serve people and the needs of people. Amen? Praise God. So doing it uh, in the way that you know that your salvation is not based upon that, but your reward is. I said your salvation is not based upon that, but your reward is based on, on your obedience. Now, you know, when I say that, I mean what I said, it's based on your obedience because sometimes people do things, but it's not really obedience. It's true. But God wants us to obey him. In other words, get in your place, find your, your, your niche, your grace, and serve in the house of God, serve in the will of God. Serve the plan of God. Serve because everybody has gifts. I said everybody has gifts. I mean, it's not exactly my message, uh, but I'm going there anyway. Praise the Lord. So everybody has gifts, and everybody needs to apply those gifts in some way. You don't have to compare yourself to somebody else. You don't have to do what somebody else does, but you can do what you do. You can do what God called you to do or created you to do in the way of serving. Praise the Lord. All right, enough said, at least for now, as far as we know, because the Holy Ghost may come up again. If he brings up the subject, we'll keep, it up. We'll keep with it. All right, so let's go on. Are you with me? Let's go to verse 11. It says, but Christ being come and high priest of good things. Christ is a high priest of good things to come by greater, more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building. A greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands. In other words, there is a greater tabernacle. There is a more perfect tabernacle. There is one that is not made with hands of men. And it's not of this building. Now, the, the temple was a big deal. It's, and it's still a big deal. But there's no temple there. The foundation of the temple is there. It's in the ground. But there is no temple. So, the reality is... God has a temple in heaven. There's a tabernacle in heaven. What was on the earth was simply patterned after heaven. So God gave that pattern, and Solomon built the, built the building. And so Solomon built a tabernacle, and uh, he built it in obedience to God, but it's really patterned after heaven. And the sacrifices that were made on the earth were, a, were simply a signification or a type of or a figure of. It is simply what God had Jesus do in heaven. So it's a type of the real thing. Are you with me? So again, he said... By a greater, more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves. So Jesus is going into a more perfect tabernacle. He's going into the holy of holies, but he's not going with animal sacrifices or blood from animals. 
It says, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood. So there's one blood. There's one sacrifice. Now, there's a lot of sacrifices that people make, and we make sacrifices, and that's commendable, right? Every sacrifice that you make, God honors it. In other words, when you, you make the sacrifice, you know, I mean, you can call it what you want, but it's in one sense, it's a sacrifice that you're saying, I'm not going to sit around the house Sunday morning. I'm going to church. Do you always feel like going to church? No. I got chores to do, but I'm going to church. I got things I want to do, but I'm going to church. You're, you're saying, I'm committed to something that is of a higher nature, something that is more important or more valuable, and I'm going to prioritize that in my life, and I'm saying, I will be at church, right? And when you do that, then God honors that. Or when you serve, God honors it. Seems like he keeps bringing it up. All right, so when you serve, God honors that. You have other things to do, but you're giving your time to Jesus. You're giving your, your, your time and your efforts to, to the Lord. And so God honors every effort that you make when you're honoring him and you're serving him. All right? How many believe God honors your service? And he rewards your service. He rewards it here, but he's going to reward it there. And the reward there is much greater than any reward here. <laughs> Hallelujah. I said the reward there is much greater than any reward here. So, oh, praise God. Serve the Lord. So he said, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once. One blood, one time. Once into the holy place having obtained eternal redemption for us. So Jesus goes into this holy place of heaven that the earthly tabernacle was patterned after, and he offers his one blood as one sacrifice for sins forever and for everyone. So this is an amazing thing that Jesus has done, that he has done once and for all. Hallelujah. So he's having obtained eternal redemption for us. So it is a one thing, one time. Remember, the high priest went there alone. No one else could go there. Only Jesus went there. And he's the only one that could go there because there is one God and there's one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. So Jesus was the only one that qualified as our substitute. He was the only sinless man. He was the only sinless man, so therefore he's the only one that actually could shed his blood as our substitute or as our redeemer. So he shed his blood, gave his life, and in shedding his blood and in giving his life, Jesus' blood was a sacrifice, and it was a once and for all sacrifice. So there's one blood, there's one sacrifice. Hallelujah. All the other things are peripheral. And they are connected back to that. The reason or motivation that we do all these other things is because of this one thing. Because of his blood that was shed for us. 
then we want to share it with somebody else. Praise God. I had not met this new pool guy. I met him yesterday or the day before and gave him a track and asked him if he knew Jesus or was saved and born again or, you know, witnessed to him, and he accepted Jesus. So there are people that are just ripe for the picking. In other words, they're just ready. And he said, you know, I said, are you interested in spiritual things? And he said, well, you know, my dad, and when I was a kid, was, had some involvement in church, you know. So he was, he was ready. He prayed and got saved. Praise the Lord. You know, the, there are people that are ready and ripe, and if we'll just reach out to them in the love of God, somebody's waiting for you. I said, somebody's waiting for you. And so I believe that was an answer to his dad's prayers, no doubt. I'm sure his dad's praying for him. So God's working on his case, working on his behalf. And so God's working on your behalf. And he's working on your children's behalf and your grandchildren's behalf. He's working out things. Hallelujah to Jesus. He sets up circumstances, puts people in the right place at the right time with the right people. Thank God forever. You know, the Holy Spirit wants to help us to help people. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor say, I'm here. I'm listening. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right, we're back to it. Verse 9, or verse 12, excuse me. We keep getting on that. But, you know, there, there are different ways to do that. And, and we're just talking about a few. We're just throwing out a few. But how many ways could somebody be helped by you? God, use you. Amen? All right, let's go to verse 12 again. Neither by the blood of goats and calves. So he didn't take any other blood. He took his own blood, one blood. But by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. So the word eternal, you find in a lot of different uses when it comes to redemption. This is eternal redemption. Eternal redemption, meaning it's a quality and it is forever. It is a quality of redemption that is only created by God himself. By Jesus Christ and the blood of Jesus Christ. Having obtained eternal redemption for us. For us, meaning that he did it on our behalf. He did it for us. So it's done. It is a finished work of redemption. And this finished work of redemption is already accomplished. And it belongs to you. Redemption. Redemption is simply uh, purchased or by the payment of a price or uh, you've been ransomed. The price has been paid. Redemption means that he bought you or purchased you. You were a slave to sin, but you're no longer a slave to sin. I said you were a slave to sin, but you're no longer a slave to sin. You're delivered from Satan's uh, jurisdiction or authority. And so Jesus has delivered you from the power of darkness and translated you into the kingdom of God's dear Son. You've been delivered. Hallelujah. In whom? 
If you, in whom, that is the next verse of that verse I just quoted, verse 13 of Colossians 1. The next verse is, in whom we have redemption. In whom we have redemption. How? Through his blood. Even the forgiveness of sins. So he's obtained eternal redemption for us. By the payment of a price. That price being his own blood. So his own blood has purchased you. And so you've been bought with a price. The scripture says you're bought with a price. Therefore glorify God with your body. It says actually that you're not your own. You're not your own. You've been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God with your spirit and your body which belong to God. So you don't belong to yourself. Hallelujah. We're still, we're still learning that, aren't we? Uh, that we don't belong to ourselves. We belong to Jesus. We belong to God. He is our Lord. Jesus is our Lord. Hallelujah. That, that means he is he's the ultimate supreme boss. Hallelujah. So when he says do something, we want to do it. When he says go, we want to go. When he says obey, we want to obey. Thank God. Through one man's obedience, his obedience, many were made righteous. By one man's obedience. So you see this eternal redemption. You see this word eternal. But you see this thing one over and over and over again. One man, one man, through one man. Much more through this one man. Jesus. So Jesus is the center of the gospel. What he did is central to all of the Bible. Everything in the Old Testament, the prophecies pointing to Jesus, and then Jesus' fulfillment of it, and he fulfilled the promises of God, and all the promises of God in him are what? Yes and amen. Hallelujah. So through Jesus, we have this eternal redemption, which means we have eternal life. Hallelujah. So you have eternal life because of an eternal redemption that was purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go to verse 13. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctified to the purifying of the flesh, so the blood of goats and calves, and the sprinkling, the unclean, sanctifies to the purifying of the flesh. In other words, their sins of their flesh, it was sanctified. God sanctified them, and they were purged, right? Because of the sacrifices of the blood of animals. Now let's go to the next verse. How much more shall the blood of Christ... How much more than what the blood of animals could do? How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, the word eternal, spirit, offered himself without spot to God? He has once and for all done much more than any sacrifices and all of the sacrifices conglomerate, all of them put together, this one blood has taken the place that was simply a type of 
what the blood of Jesus was going to do. It covered the sins of the people for one year, but next year the high priest is going to have to go in again. They're going to have to bring animal sacrifices. The blood is going to have to be shed. The blood is going to be placed on the mercy seat in the Holy of Holies, and the sins of the people were covered again, and they were sanctified by the sprinkling of the blood. But now there's a new thing going on. Hallelujah. This is, this is new to them, right? It says, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your what? Conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Purge your conscience. Purge your conscience from dead works. Dead works to serve the living God. So God, through the blood, purges our conscience. He purges, or he, he, he prunes, he purges, he cleans, he sanctifies, he purifies. He purges our conscience from dead works to do what? Serve the living God. So that we are serving God from our heart. We're serving God uh, with a pure conscience. That our conscience is clear. That our conscience For the blood has been applied to your conscience. And you can stand before him clean and righteous and holy. And you can serve from your heart. And you can serve with your hands. And you can serve him, not man. In other words, you're not looking for man's approval. You're looking for God's approval. And his approval was in Christ. And now when you serve him... And serve the will of God and serve the plan of God. He says, thank you. Serve the living God with a pure conscience. You are who God says you are. And the blood of Jesus purges your conscience from dead works. Verse 15. For this cause... Is he is a mediator of a New Testament. Jesus is a mediator of a New Testament. And by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. So Jesus is a mediator of the New Testament. Remember, there's one God, one mediator between God and men. The man Christ Jesus, Jesus took our place in our stead, suffered as our substitute, shed his own blood, and now he's a mediator of a New Testament. Through his death, by means of his death, for the redemption of the transgressors, meaning the price is paid for the transgressors that were under the first testament. They which we were under the law, but thank God we're no longer under the law, but we're under grace. Oh, thank God, make you run in race. Hallelujah. I said, thank God you're under grace. You're no longer under the law, but you're under grace. And that'll make you run your race. And that'll help you to run your race because you're under grace and you're understanding. It's the grace of God that enables you to run the race that is set before you and fulfill the call of God and the will of God that you could have never done on your own. Praise the Lord. Jesus went in there alone, but you're not alone. 
I said, Jesus went in there alone, but you're not alone. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So that you may boldly say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. So Jesus has, he's committed himself to be with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Praise God. He lives in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory, which is an amazing story. That now Jesus has come to live in you. He's come to set up his tabernacle in you. His, you have become his house. Your body is the temple of God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody shout praise God. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood. Thank you for the redemptive work of Christ. For the redemption that, of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, for they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. So we have an eternal redemption we have an eternal inheritance, an unending, such an amazing quality that it will never run out, never change, never, never uh, decay in any way. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Thank God we have an eternal inheritance. We're heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. And in Him, we have eternal life. Praise God. We have an eternal inheritance in Jesus. But where a testament is, there must also be the, of necessity, be the death of the testator. For where there is a testament, there must also be the death of the testator. So we have a New Testament, and Jesus was the testator. He is the one that died in order to give us this eternal inheritance. His death. Through his death, it says it in the verse before. By means of his death. For this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament by means of his death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, that they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. For where, there, where a testament is, there must also be the, of necessity the death of the testator. For the testament is a force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all. While the testator liveth. So the strength is after his death. But he didn't just die, thank God, he was raised again. Jesus didn't just die, Jesus was raised again on the third day, and he is your guarantee. He is, the scripture says, a surety. Of a better testament. He is a guarantee. He is a surety of a better testament established upon better promises. So you have an eternal inheritance and it's a surety in Jesus. And so the guarantee is in him. He is a guarantee of all the promises of God. All the promises of God in him are what? Yes and amen. So God says a big yes to every promise of God, and there's blood on every promise. I said there's blood on every promise. Why? Because 
The blood of Jesus is what made it available. The blood of Jesus is what made it reality for us. Verse 18, whereupon neither the first testament was dedicated without blood. Now, this is a type. First testament, dedicated with blood. It wasn't dedicated without blood. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people, according to the law, he took the blood of calves and goats, unlike Jesus, put the, took the blood of goats and calves, and with water and scarlet, wool and hyssop, sprinkled both the book and all the people. So he sprinkled the book, the book. He sprinkled the word. There's blood on 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 every promise. There's blood. Jesus has sprinkled every promise with the blood of Christ. The blood of Christ is liquid love that flows right out of the heart of God into the heart of a man or a woman, and it changes their nature, changes them on the inside, and they become who God says they are, not by their works of righteousness which they have done, but according to God's mercy, He has saved us. By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Are you, are you with me? Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say, thank God for the blood. So he sprinkled the book, but he says he sprinkled all the people. So when you, when you come, they've got blood, and they're going to sprinkle you with blood. That's a signal that you've been, you've been touched by the blood. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you come to church, we're giving you the word, and the Holy Spirit is sprinkling you with blood. Hallelujah, with the blood of Jesus. And this, this blood, hallelujah, does what? It purges your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. It causes you a preste, no stelevedno, dosta. It causes you a preste, leviga, branzo, tolo, kia, pras, dies, dos, esta, levonse, leviragles, and dia, non, de, tria, stos, yana, nago. It causes you to change course in many cases. It causes you to make adjustments in many cases. It causes you to turn the right direction. It causes you to adjust in your heart and in your mind, and it causes you to walk in line and in step with the plan and the purpose of God that He has designed. It is God's plan that it is set before you, and so the Holy Spirit will help you to walk it out and fulfill it and follow it and see the salvation of God in your life. Oh, so see that you walk with him. See to it that you serve him. See to it that you follow his plan. See to it that you listen not to a man, but to the Holy Spirit. Listen. Well, while you're hearing the voice of a man, you can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit through that man. And so the Holy Spirit will be your teacher. He will be your guide. He will be your, he will be your instructor. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is our helper. Somebody say, the Holy Spirit is my helper. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. My Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody said, thank you, Jesus. Somebody getting some help in the house today. So he's sprinkling the book, and he's sprinkling the people, saying, saying, this is the blood of the testament which God hath enjoined unto you, saying, this is the blood of the testament. Well, he's saying it now. We also say it. We're saying things about the blood, and when we're saying things about the blood, there's a sprinkling going on. Hallelujah to Jesus. When you speak about the blood, there's sprinkling going on. When you take the blood home and you sprinkle it at your house, hallelujah. When you take the blood to your house and you put it on the doorpost and the lintel of your house and you put it on, uh, on your wife or your husband, you put it on your children, you put it on your future, praise God. There is a saying, there is a, 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 your tongue. Is the way you apply the blood. You apply it with your tongue by speaking. Yeah, yeah, by the Spirit of God. You speak about the, about the blood, and you sing about the blood, and you talk about the blood, and you, and you praise God for the blood, and while you're singing, and while you're praising God, and while you're speaking about the blood and confessing the blood, hallelujah, then you're sprinkling that blood, and it's purging your conscience from dead works, and you are able to serve the living God, and there's a new season that comes to your life as a result. So sprinkling with the blood and applying the blood on a daily basis is to your own benefit and to the benefit of the kingdom of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Saying, this is the blood of the testament which God hath enjoined unto you. Moreover, moreover, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and the vessels of ministry. So everything had blood on it in the house of God. So when you come to prayer, you can just go around and say, thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus in this place. Hallelujah. When you come to church, thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus in this place. It doesn't just have to come through me. It comes through us. Hallelujah. In pre-service prayer, blood of Jesus in this place. Hallelujah. Come with a consciousness and awareness that the blood is on the pew, and the blood is on the carpet, and the blood is in the house, and the blood is on your life, and on your house, and on your family. And there is a new way of living life. In and through the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. There's a new way of living life in and through the blood of Christ. Hallelujah. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Almost, verse 22, and almost all things by the law are purged with blood. And without the shedding of blood... There is no remission. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Remission means cancellation of penalty and removal of guilt. Praise God. There is no cancellation of penalty without the remission, of, without the shedding of blood. There is no remission of sins. Without Jesus' blood, there's no remitting our sins. But thank God for the blood of Jesus. He has 
shed his blood, and the blood has been applied, and, and, and nothing shall be denied. And we're entering the rest, and we know we'll pass the test, and we'll get God's best. Hallelujah. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the blood applied. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 23. It was therefore necessary that the patterns of these of things in the heavens should be purified with these. But the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. The blood of Jesus went into heaven itself. The heavenly things themselves with better things or better sacrifices than these. There was only one blood that was going to cleanse. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are figures of the truth, but into heaven itself. He has entered into heaven itself to now to appear in the presence of God for us. He has not entered into this natural tabernacle down here on the earth, but he has entered into heaven itself. For Christ has not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the truth, but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. He has appeared in the presence of God. What did he do? He did that for us. He did that for us. He put his blood on the holy of holies, on the mercy seat of heaven. He did that for us. He did it for us. He appeared in the presence of God for us. That's why you and I now have access into the presence of God. That's the only reason you and I have access into the presence of God. It is because of the blood of Jesus. The blood was applied to the mercy seat of heaven, and then the blood is applied to your life, and the blood applied to your life gives you access to the presence of God, and you can worship God with freedom at any moment, at any time, in any place. You have access to the presence of God. Hallelujah to Jesus. Somebody shout.